What's up and welcome back. It is episode number 40 of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast. I'm Dan Ball. And I'm Matt McCall of 4-0, Dan. We are at number 4-0 on the podcast. So again, thank you to everybody that's been riding with us for the first 40 episodes. It's been an honor and a privilege to be able to do some of these interviews and just meet a, a bunch of great people that the two of us wouldn't have been able to meet otherwise. And one of those people that we probably wouldn't have been able to meet otherwise is Aaron Falzone. He's a grad guard, or actually, no, we learned during the interview he's no longer a guard. He's a grad forward That's right. on this Quinnipiac men's basketball team. He joins us for episode number 40 of the podcast. And Matt, he comes in in a very interesting situation because he's a grad student, so he played four seasons with Northwestern before coming to Quinnipiac, but he's coming into a no program, so he's basically a freshman this year. Year. Yeah, so he he's he's the new guy on campus, but uh, his like transfer credits probably don't say that. Right, right. He is the new guy. He's adjusting to the system, and we talked to him about attitude, and we talked to him about what Quinnipiac basketball is all about, and how this is a program on the rise, and how this program is starting to be known on a national stage. And Baker Dunleavy has done a great job of that, and uh, it, it's going to be about getting that MAC championship. That's who we talk to later in the episode, but first we have a ton going on as fall sports continue to wrap up and winter sports continue to start to get going. We have all of that and more in the week that was in Quinnipiac Athletics. We start with the women's soccer team, a big week for the women's soccer team. They picked up a 3-2 win in the MAC quarterfinals over Marist on Sunday. They were down 2-0 going into the 66th minute. They scored three unanswered goals, two by Selena Salas, and the game-winning goal from Gretchen Crone. So the Bobcats move on to the MAC semifinals. We are recording this rundown on Thursday night, so right now the Bobcats are about to begin play in the MAC semifinals, so go to GoBobcats.com or follow off. them at QU underscore WSOC if you want updates on how they did. Good luck to that team, and if you haven't already, make sure you listen to the Kylie Lance episode, the special episode that we put out earlier this week. To the men's soccer team now, they had a one to nothing win at home against Fairfield Saturday. Eamon Whalen had the lone goal for his efforts against Fairfield and his hat trick against Siena last week. Eamon was named the MAC Offensive Player of the Week. Whalen now has 35 career goals. That's ranked fifth nationally for all active Division I men's soccer players. They followed that up with a 3-1 to win at Ryder, and that was the final game of the regular season. So it is playoff time for that team. So we're excited to see what happens for that men's soccer team. We'll keep you posted on seedings and everything else for that tournament. To the field hockey team, they had a 3-2 to win at home against Temple on Friday in their Big East finale. First-year forward Juliana Capello had two goals, including the game winner. And for her efforts, Capello was named the Big East Rookie of the Week. She's just the second member of the Bobcats ever to win the the Rookie of the Week award since the team has been a member of the Big East. So congratulations to her. The Big East tournament is this weekend at the Quinnipiac Field Hockey Stadium. Providence and UConn play in the first semifinal on Friday at 11 a.m. with Liberty and Old Dominion playing at 2 p.m. So those four teams will go head-to-head. The championship game is on Sunday, and we'll have a link to buy tickets in the bio of this podcast. To men's tennis now, they competed in the Connecticut State Championships at Yale last weekend, picking up four wins in total on the final day. The tennis team is off until January. 
Both cross-country teams competed in the MAC championships last weekend. The men's team finished in 8th out of 11 teams. Sophomore Cam Starr finished as the top runner for QU, finishing 30th in the 8K run. The women's team, meanwhile, finished 5th out of 11 teams. Sophomore Emily Young finished 1st for the Bobcats in the 6K race finishing 11th overall. For their efforts, sophomore Emily Young and senior Morgan Voigt were named to the All-MAC team for their performances in the championship. The 2019 NCAA cross-country tournament will take place in mid-November, so we'll have more information about the Bobcats competing in the tourney soon. To the volleyball court now. They had a 3-2 win at Manhattan Saturday afternoon. First-year outside hitter Ariana Diaz recorded her third triple-double of the year with 34 assists. 17 digs and 10 kills. So have a day. They followed that up with a 3-2 win at Iona Sunday afternoon. Two Bobcats recorded double-doubles in the win. That team is home versus St. Peter's Saturday afternoon at 1 p.m., home versus Ryder Sunday 1 p.m., and then home versus Siena Wednesday at 7 p.m. Three-game homestand for them. To the rugby pitch, the field is set for the 2019 NIRA playoffs. The Bobcats are visiting the number one seeded Army West Point in West Point, New York on Saturday at 7 p.m. So good luck to the rugby squad. To the women's ice hockey team now, they had a one to nothing loss at number 3 Cornell Friday night and a 4-2 loss at Colgate Saturday afternoon. Lexia G and Zoe Boyd had the goals for the Bobcats that weekend. And they are home against Dartmouth Friday at 6 p.m., and home against Harvard Saturday at 3 p.m. And, and Dan, can can I hear your voice for those? You, you might be able to hear my voice. You could also see my face very okay, briefly. Okay, that's which, different. Which that is interesting is for those. So, yeah, it kind of changes. It takes a little bit of the mystery away from yeah. the podcast if you watch those games. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't because Phil Jubileo and I have a fantastic call every time we do. To the men's side, they dropped a 5-3 to game at Arizona State on Friday. In the loss, Gus Van Ness scored his first career goal, so congratulations to him. They followed that up with a tough 4-1 to loss at Arizona State on Saturday. Michael Lombardi scored the lone goal for the Bobcats, so a tough series in Arizona State. They are at Dartmouth this Friday at 7 p.m. before traveling to Harvard on Saturday at 7 p.m. We go across the arena now to women's basketball as the women's basketball team lost to Drexel 66 to 62 Tuesday night, but they can rebound from that loss next Wednesday, November 13th at 7 p.m. against Yale. So a nice little in-state game, a little rival game there. Not the traditional Quinnipiac versus Yale game that you're expecting, but that should be a fun one coming up on Wednesday. And the final team on our rundown, the team we're talking about on today's podcast, it is the men's basketball team. They begin their season at Brown this coming Wednesday at 7 p.m. So getting started with that preseason slate, Matt and I talked to Aaron Falzone. He is a graduate forward on this men's basketball team. We told you what you can expect from the interview so let's hear from Aaron all right so just a uh, just to double check some details here uh from Newton Mass originally yeah Newton Mass okay. uh, born and raised. Uh, Milton Mass okay yeah yep. right on the street so yeah. did you go to Newton North or yeah I went to Newton North for a year and then uh went to St. Mark's and then Northfield Mount Hermon so I kind of been around the block yeah so uh Dan Newton North has two swimming pools at their high school oh yeah yes. really yeah because yeah. ah, the one yes. wasn't enough one was not enough they yeah. have a practice one and one for their meets it's quite the high school. It is a castle. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was built right when I got there. It was my first, my freshman year. It was the first year we got it. And it was a brand-new white building. It yeah, was... yeah. Whenever Newton North came to town, yeah, especially with basketball, you were screwed. Really? You were screwed. Yeah. So they so they also have really good teams uh, yeah. aside from facilities? Yeah, yeah. Our team is usually pretty good every year, yeah. Okay. 
So what was your so I uh, I guess we we can start now. This is episode yeah. number forty of the Quinnipiac <laughs> Athletics Podcast. Uh, joined by Aaron Falzone, grad student, uh, guard from Newton, Mass. Welcome to the program. Oh, well, I got guard. What? You, you yeah. call me a guard? I'll take it. I'll yeah, take a guard. Forward guard? I don't know. I'll take a guard. We, I'll, I'll we take, can check I like with that. Our, <laughs> check um, with our, our I, I don't mind that. That's all good. I don't know. I well, just, okay, I, so officially uh, three, three, forward. Three, four. Because I, I, I checked your stats. You shoot threes. Oh, so yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, wing. We'll yeah. go wing. Okay, yeah. so uh, so a wing for this uh, this men's basketball team. Either way, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, so uh, an interesting last, uh, probably last year or so uh-huh. for you and ended up coming to Quinnipiac, but we'll get to that first. And one of the things that we were just talking about was, uh, was your time in high school. So I kind of want to rewind it back, uh, to the beginning of the career. When did you first start playing basketball? Uh, I, ca- I can't even like, I don't know the first day I started playing basketball. My dad likes to tell a story. He kind of just put the, put the ball in my hand and I started shooting, but it probably runs probably three or four. I went to like a lot of organized camps and went to a lot of stuff, watched my brother play. He was about four years older than me. So. As long as I can remember, I've been playing basketball. Okay. Um, so then uh, continuing your career uh, in Newton, Mass. So, I mean, tell us some of your, some of your memories, some of the time. What was the, the basketball scene like in Newton when you were, when you were going to play? Uh, it, was, it, was, it was pretty good. Uh, I mean, it's all competitive players. But what my dad did with me and my brother growing up is he would take us to inner city Boston. He would take us to Roxbury. Uh, the Roxbury YMCA is kind of where we kind of started our foundation, foundation of playing basketball. It's kind of where my mom's from. So, my dad took us there when we were six years old, and we kind of started playing in leagues there and getting better there and started playing on different travel teams within Boston. And then as we got kind of older, I played in my middle school years, so I played throughout Newton. So it's pretty decent, but I, my roots of basketball is more in Boston. Okay, yeah. all right. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about your about your brother. Uh, so I saw that he ended up playing basketball at Sacred Heart. So yep. uh, stayed stayed in Connecticut uh, or came to Connecticut where you are now, of course. But what was his impact on you, not only as a player but just uh, as a person growing up? I mean, my brother, four years old, three three and a half years older than me, but he's he's my best friend. Like I talk to him all the time. And growing up, like I always wanted to kind of be like him and play sports. So. We'd be in the backyard playing one-on-one football, and he'd just absolutely kill me. We'd play basketball, he'd kill me. So he actually helped me develop into the player I am basketball-wise because what would happen was I'd play with his friends, and I was tall, but I was too slow, and I, I couldn't score inside. So the only way I could score was outside. So I started shooting jump shots, and that's honestly how I got good at shooting jump shots because I couldn't score inside on his friends. So And even on him, I, so I just I just tried to back up and shoot from as far as I could, and I got pretty good at it. Did you did you find yourself and your older brother kind of pushing you to to play to that next level and trying to reach his heights, even though he was three and a half years older? Yeah, I always just kind of like I looked up to him, so I saw all the stuff he did and I saw the mistakes he made and, and the lessons my dad learned by raising him and and and, and the successes he had. I kind of wanted to be like him and, and and be even better at some point. So I, I knew that like playing against him every day made me better. And he always would, he would always talk to me about certain things, and we talk basketball all the time, talk football, talk baseball, whatever sports we played. Yeah. So I think having him has made me like a better basketball player and also like a much better person. Nice. So, uh, so I know that the the journey in high school ended uh, at NMH, but uh, a couple stops like you yep, were talking about yep. right off the top before that. So, uh, you know, to take us through the couple different stops that yeah. you had during high school, and and you know the decision making process for why you why you moved up and up. Uh huh. So I started New North High School. Uh, Talk about the student section there, man. <laughs> the student <laughs> section at Newton North. Yeah. There, gets there, loud. There's not. There's nothing much like like MIA basketball and the, the Bay State Conference in New North. So like I grew up going against. My brother played in varsity since he was a freshman. So my whole idea is like, I'm gonna play varsity as a freshman. I'm gonna do that. And then when it's got time for me to be a freshman, I play for uh, Coach Conley, great coach. 
uh, I, got, I was fortunate enough to make the team. And unfortunately, my brother actually got hurt in preseason. He tours like all nerve radius, so he couldn't play. But that gave me kind of le- uh, gave me space to kind of play and, and kind of play early on in my career. And from that first time I, I hit a three, I mean, I kind of just never looked back. And I had a really, really good freshman year. And the student section, like he said, it was going crazy. That's I, that's, it, man. My, my favorite chance is that he's a freshman. You can't feel yeah. any better being a 14-year-old kid here, here and he's a freshman from all the yeah. senior kids, all, all the cool kids. <laughs> there's, so There's nothing more disrespectful than your team getting, like, absolutely roasted by a freshman and then having the student section remind you. Oh, yeah, it. just to remind yeah. you one more yeah. time that it happened. Yeah, yes. yeah so that, that was really cool. And then he actually ended up coming back for, for like, the last six games, and we made it far in the playoffs. I think the Elite Eight or Sweet 16 we ended up playing in the Garden. And it was a kind of cool memory that me and him had to – we shared the court for a little bit. And after that season, I actually decided to transfer to St. Mark's School in Southboro, Massachusetts. Uh, my idea is I just want to go and play against the best competition I could every day in practice. So I actually played with uh, Caleb Tarzuski, went to Arizona. And uh, Nick Stouse was on our team, who went to Michigan and played in the NBA for a couple of years. So yeah. wow. uh, my time there was I, – I was there for two years. But that, that first year I was there, we had Nick Stauskas. And every day, me and Nick would play uh, one-on-one in the gym. And it was like you, – you can't like – replicate that in the public school league and like yes. at your hometown yeah. so it's like he beat me every day like it was no chance of me beating him and like that made me a better player and also playing against all the other guys who were there at the time it kind of developed me who I was and as I got older in St. Mark's they decided to like kind of go away from basketball or, or limit it in some way so I transferred to Northfield Mount Hermon which is plays in an EPSAC AAA which I think is the best league in the country play against teams like Brewster New Hampton and I played for Coach Carroll and and that was probably the most defining moment in my basketball career because of the way he developed us. And was it at that moment where you said, I can play Division One basketball? Like, I can, I can do this? Yeah, I always thought I could play Division One basketball. But my dad would always joke, like, you're lucky if you go D3. Like, I don't, I don't know, <laughs> man. So I, I got my first offer, like, my sophomore year, and I was going to NMH my junior year. So I was like, oh, I can do this. I can play. But I didn't know I could be, like – I didn't know who I could really be until I got to NMH and played against other guys every day and then played against – top division one talent and, and guys who are actually in the NBA right now. So, yeah. Could you dunk in high school? Uh, <laughs> all right. Funny thing. So, I, Well, th- this is like the difference between, oh my God. And, oh, it's just another high school player. Yeah. Well, like, that, 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 if you could dunk in high school, you were a God. Well, that was never really my thing. So <laughs> like, I would always try to dunk. I didn't end up getting a dunk till I was like 15, which is kind of crazy. I was like six, six. And there you're all my friends were like six feet, six, one, like dunking and getting all over the rim. And yeah. I'm like, <laughs> Oh no, man! Yeah. Like, is he gonna be able to do it? And so I ended up dunking an AU game when I was 15 years old twice, and probably throughout my high school career, I only had like four or five dunks in my career. So I say I play against high level competition. It's fine. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Sure yeah, yeah. yeah. You still dunk in high school? It's, it's fine. So uh, yeah, no, I, I got a couple dunks in high school. Yeah, school, if I could but... do that every day after school, I'd be like, yeah, I'm just gonna go to the court real quick and like, <laughs> have people watch me dunk. Yeah, <laughs> I wish. So, uh, so that f- the first. Uh, college recruit experience. So four-star mm-hmm. recruit coming out of NMH, uh, ranked as the 75th best player in the class of 2015 from ESPN. So, so uh, you extremely were top 100, extremely yeah. high, yeah. high praise coming out of, out of high school. Yeah. What's that? It's a long time. 2015 sounds like a long time ago. I, God, you're you're telling the two of us yeah, in here as seniors, but yeah. um, so talk, so talk to us about that that first recruiting experience. Uh, you end up going to Northwestern, but. Uh, you know, tell us about some of the, the schools that you were hearing from and then what ended up selling you and going to Northwestern that first mm-hmm. time. Okay, yeah, so coming up, I was – I didn't get that four-star until probably by the end of my junior year or whatever, but 
Still I had, very impressive. Yeah, I had some offers from some, some high major schools, some mid-level schools, but me and my family kind of sat down. We were like, all right, let's use basketball to get you a really good education. And that's something I always wanted to do, and I talked to my parents about it, and Coach Carroll at NMH preaches that a lot. So I kind of early on narrowed my schools down to schools that were like top 30 schools or whatever on like the ranking and, and schools that played good basketball. So I ended up coming down to uh, Northwestern and Harvard. And Harvard was something that my parents always wanted me to go to. And I was like, <laughs> I took that first official visit, and I was like, uh, this is amazing. Like, yeah. I think I might go here. And then I ended all up. All of the brick. The, yeah, the it was just like, they, they, the they sold me on everything. And then I took my visit to Northwestern, and I was like, wow, I can play in the Big Ten and still get this this great education, go to this prestigious school. So, and play, play, for, play for Coach Collins and be some, a part of something special, go to the tournament for the first time. So, that's what kind of sold me on it. And. I ended up going to Northwestern. We ended up going to the tournament, and I got a great education. I got everything I wanted in my college experience. Wish I was a little bit more healthy throughout the, the period, but you can't control everything, and that's life. So, Yeah, I was, I was going to ask you about that freshman year. 32 games, 29 starts, and 63 threes, which mm-hmm. is still ranked as the second most ever for uh, a Northwestern freshman. So, yeah, uh, forget about Duncan. Just step back and hit the threes. Threes worth more than two, right? That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And they start to add up when you, when you get 63 three of them but yeah. you know uh, what was that freshman year experience like mm. for you I mean the numbers speak for themselves but what was it like for you just stepping in and, and getting going right away it was awesome I mean I had a lot of ups and downs I mean there was games where I played really well like my first uh, my first game I had 20 points I was like wow this is what college is like it's gonna be pretty easy right <laughs> but no but then you, but then you come back down to reality and people get to scout on you and, and then you got to find ways to get better and keep playing so I was fortunate enough to start 29 games and play on a pretty good team. We won 20 games that year. Unfortunately, didn't even make the NIT, but it it just it gave me experience of being out there. I'm like I can play against these guys, playing against playing the Big Ten, scoring uh, 20 points on on the road in a Big Ten game. It was it was it was an exciting kind of feeling. So I kind of want to go back to you wanting to be a part of Northwestern and be a part of a tournament run. Mm-hmm. This team has yet to make the tournament. This yeah. program has yet to make the tournament. Is that what kind of sold you to try and come to Quinnipiac and make that happen? Uh, no, not not initially. But that's something that's in your back of your head. But like every day, I want to just focus on like us getting better and like having a chance to win games. And if you put yourself in a chance to win games at the end of the year, you'll you'll be in a uh, position to win a conference championship and go to the tournament. But I, I try not to look at it like, hey, we haven't been in a tournament. Like, let's do it. Like, because I think that's just a, such a far-sighted goal for us okay. right now. And right. we got to work on the day-to-day. And me going in the recruiting process, I obviously wanted a chance to win. So that's why I came here. But it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to come to Quinnipiac and we're going to win the tournament. Okay. Yeah. All right. So when did you first hear of Quinnipiac men's basketball? Uh, I actually heard it early on in my career. My brother got recruited a little bit here. Got some leverage, got some interest. Not like some of my friends back in Chicago who who asked me if that's a Division One school. But <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. So, but I, I heard it pretty early, early on, and and I kind of was following the program a little bit, and I, just because on Twitter and stuff, because we had an NMH guy who used to play here, and Coach Morris actually recruited me at BU, so he had texted me when I got got in the transfer portal. And I was like, Quinny feel like I was like, really? No. And then I ended up looking at the stats, and I was looking at what the guys were doing, and put do some more research and looking at Coach Dunleavy. I was like, wow, this this this, this looks like a program that's on, on the rise, and like this something could happen here. And that's when I really started to understand what this version of Quinnipiac basketball was like. 
So yeah, so tell us I, a little more about like what that first that first impression was. You're you're looking up and down the roster. You see you see what's coming back. You probably at the time saw Cam Young last year, who was absolutely incredible. But you know what's that first impression like when you see this Bobcats program? And I I kind of want to go into the first meeting with Baker as well. Yeah, yeah. I, like I said, I wanted to go to a program that had a chance to win and and just play the right way. So like like as soon as I like I started really getting interested in Quinnipiac, I was like, all right, let, let's see some game film. Let's see like what they play like. And what stood out to me is I watched Rich Kelly play. And I was like, wow, he knows what he's doing. Like, he's he's going to get guys shots. And he's going to play the right way. And obviously they had Cam, which is like a super, super talented guy. But all the other guys, they just played the right way and they made the right plays. And I was like, this is a place I want to be. Like, this is a program I want to be a part of. It's a program that does things the right way and, 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 and spaces the floor. So that kind of got me excited. And then coming to, coach, coming to meet with Coach Dunleavy actually in this room, uh, we we watched we watched a little recruiting tape on that. He kind of showed me like what the program was like, so I got more of an idea of what it was like and and how he envisioned me in the program. So it got me excited, and it it really I didn't know how interesting I was gonna be. I took it unofficial. I was like, Quinnipiac, am I really gonna come here? And I left. I was like, wow, like this is this is this is a real possibility. Like I could really come here. So if you don't mind me asking, what other schools did did you visit and felt that was in your final list of three schools? Yeah, so I took a Official visits to um, Siena, also in the MAC. Yep. I uh, flew out to Hawaii the next weekend, which is a uh, really good program, uh, unbelievable location. The and Rainbow Warriors. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then I came here for my third official. Okay. So those are those are the three I decide on. It's a good list. Yeah, that's a good list. So, uh, so what's your your early experience been like with this team? Um, it's been interesting coming in as like the newcomer. Like I was like a freshman all over again. It was kind of like learning all the different standards and the processes and how coach wants things. It was kind of strange because I was like back in my freshman year, I was like, but I wasn't a freshman. I had the urgency of like, I'm a senior, like we need to get this done. But so I was kind of anxious to like step in, but like also I knew how to take a step back because I didn't, I didn't know. Like even the young guys who were only freshmen, they knew what coach expected, knew what they wanted. So I kind of had to be like, yo, like, what are we doing here? Like, what's this drill? Every time they say a new drill, I'm like, yo, what do I do? Like, so it was definitely interesting, but like having the Canada trip really helped. Like, play a couple games, see how game day procedures were. So I was really fortunate that we got on that foreign tour. And now, as we're deeper in the fall, I feel like I've been here for like already a year, but I've only been here for a couple months. So how would you how would you define your your role with this team, not just on the court, but also off it so far? Um, on the court, I'm a guy who's going to space the floor, uh, shoot a lot of threes. Uh, and just try to play the right way and, and, and be a team player. And off the court, I try to uh, embody the same thing. I want to be a guy who teammates can talk to, who they can trust, who, like, I've been through so much in my college career. They can ask me questions like, oh, how do you do this or how do you do that? And get, just be a guy who's, like, a team member, like a guy who helps the team and, and, takes, and, and adds to it instead of take away from it. And this team really harps on attitude. Yeah, it's everywhere yeah, in the locker yeah. room. It's everywhere in this lounge. Yeah. So how how would you feel your attitude is on and off the court as well as a part of this program? Uh, it's definitely improved over time here. Uh, some of the attitude stuff was a little bit strange to me at first, but now <laughs> you you come yourself saying just like I'll watch a game and I'm like we do something like oh, that's attitude. Like I'll watch a game, NBA game, I'm like that's attitude. Like so it I kind of comes an adjective. Yeah. He's, so I, oh, he's playing attitude today. Yeah. So so I kind of find myself like in those moments like wow. I'm a Quinnipiac Bob. I say the things that we say, so I, I think I, I'm starting to embody attitude and, and, and live it every day. Good. So the 2019-20 season is almost upon us. Uh, games begin next week. 
So what are the expectations that you guys have for this year? I know, of course, you know, you want to you want to win them. You want to win, win a Mac championship, get to the NCAA tournament. But long term and short term goals and expectations that you guys have for your team this year. Yeah, I think we just want to play hard every day and, and, and come to practice with every day and and be able to stop teams. I think we have so much talent offensively that I think we're going to be able to score, but it's going to be on us to play good defense and have energy every day. So on that mindset, having certain goals every game to to play defense and and kind of bring that energy and rebound, I think it's something that we look forward to every day. And at the end of the day, you want to win games. Like you want to win every single game you play. So hopefully the goal is to go 32-0, but like that's <laughs> yeah. that, that's something that – no one does. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to ask the questions now, because I also have rapid fire questions. Do like, you? Like I, two I, or three. Yeah, yeah let's yeah. go with yours first. Yeah. All right. So I got three. All right. What are you most likely to make? A wide open three or a foul shot? Wide open three, less pressure. I'm just really? kidding. Probably, probably equal. I Statistically speaking, it's definitely a free throw. But if I'm just like walking in the gym, it's a, a free throw, three pointer. I'll, I'll take a three pointer. Yeah, like no one's in the gym, and I just throw you a ball. You're just you're. Oh yeah, th- three pointer. Yeah, oh, for sure. Okay. For sure. Second one, sticking with three pointers. Where on the arc do you most like to shoot it? Are you on the wing from the top? Uh, probably left slot, left wing. Okay. I don't know why. But. And no backboard. Like you're strictly because if you're if you're on the, well, the, the the funny thing is you asked me about backboard. I was like. If I was wide open and no one was on me and I had 10 seconds to shoot, I don't think you could miss a, like an off-the-backboard three. I think like it's the easiest shot in basketball. But it is, it is tough to kind of get your feet down and shoot off the backboard. So Yeah. But, yeah. And then my third one is 10 seconds left, game's tied. Uh-huh. Who are we giving the ball to in the pressure situation? Uh, yeah, so we're coming down 10 seconds left. I, I'd probably get the ball to LeBron James and let him kind of find open shooter. <laughs> All right, who on the Quinnipiac oh, team? Oh, our team? Are we, oh, yeah, yeah. oh, okay. Who are right. we taking? Ten seconds. I mean, Rich has the ball. Rich has the ball. He's, he's going to drive. He's going to get in the lane. And if he's open, he's going to shoot it. If not, he's gonna someone's going to double him. He's going to find an open shooter. So it's any five guys. Whether it's Jacob in the corner or you at the arc. Yeah, or, or Kevin down low. Kevin or, down low. Yeah. Get the wraparound pass, like around the bodies. Yeah. Get the easy left-hand land. I'm here for it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for it. All right. All right, so uh, we asked these three questions of every every single guest that we've had on 40 episodes of this this podcast. Uh, these are the thinkers, the personal ones. Uh, so just uh, shout out whatever comes to your mind first. If you could live anywhere in the world that is not Hamden, Connecticut, because we all know that would be the number one choice, where would it be and why? Uh, other than my, my home area, Boston, it's probably be on a beach somewhere in California. Ooh, okay. Because uh, <laughs> some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, do you wanna do you wanna answer our yeah, answer yeah. our three questions? Yeah, Reese, come here, come here. Reese, if you could live anywhere besides Hamden, Connecticut, where would it be? Come yeah, on, here, come get it, yeah, behind get, us, get behind. Us, us, yeah. Yeah. Anywhere besides Hamden. Besides Hamden, he said beach. A beach. But he wants to go to Boston too. Yeah, I'm going back to New York. I'm going back to New York. Okay. Got to. Bronx, Manhattan. Um, nah, Beacon. Okay. Small town where I'm from. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah, definitely going back to Beacon. But uh, anywhere other than that, probably California. California, definitely. Ah, see, he did. He did say the beaches of California. Nah, yeah, California would be dope. Yeah. I, I really think. So. I've yeah. never been, so I I gotta go. I've been there like twice. Okay. So it's, it's pretty neat. <laughs> yeah, I, I like. I think it should be a graduation trip for me. Like when I'm out of here, just. It'd be a big uh, relaxation. I, I feel like. It'd, yeah, <laughs> I, feel like it'd, I feel like it'd be a big price tag though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <I> know. <laughs> 
right. Uh, next one. If you could have dinner with someone either alive or deceased, can be anybody, who would it be and why? Uh, I'm going to go with my family. I'm going to go mom and dad just because I, I love spending time with them and there's no no other people I'd rather be around in my family. That's interesting. I don't think we've had we've just a straight had. up family before. We've done 40 episodes. I don't think anyone said their mom and dad. Uh, I, love is, my, I love my mom. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, Great, answer. Great answer. Great answer. Great uh, answer. I hope she's watching. That's yes. right. Yeah. She'll probably watch. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and the final one, uh, if you, uh, you're you on death row for this one, hypothetically. Uh, what is your uh, yep. Yeah. What is your final meal, your dinner, your drink, and your dessert? All right, so I'm probably going to go with pancakes. We heard. Wow, well, little we breakfast heard, for dinner. We heard from Jacob and other guys, you're a vegan. No, I'm not a vegan. Yes, you are. <laughs> no. That's what we heard. Yes, you are. I'm not a vegan. I, I just, I'm, a, I'm a pescatarian, I guess. I don't eat chicken or like beef or any like other type of animal besides fish. But okay. it probably, okay. it'd probably be like uh, pancakes okay. and a dessert. You get a drink, too. I'm going to go with water because there's not, nothing undefeated water. All right, stay hydrated. Nothing beats water. Uh, I want to say cheesecake, but I also want to add like Oreos and like some type of peanut butter in there and like bananas. That's totally fine. So, you know, I'm gonna go cheesecake and I'm gonna go an Oreo peanut butter banana concrete, which is like a type of ice cream, all, all mixed inside. In one. Oh, okay, yeah, I know, yeah. What you, I know what you're saying. Um, wow, that is one heck of a dessert coming at you. Yeah. We've had some, we've done forty of these. I would say at least fifty five percent say cheesecake. Yep, it's that's so right. Weird. I'm pointing right at. It's I'm so celebrating weird. right at the yeah. camera. It's not weird because it's a fantastic dessert. Yeah, yeah I guess. I don't now, know. Are, are you doing? Are you a straight up like New York style cheesecake with with a little bit? of No, no, no. It's no. got to be like a special. Like, that's why I put like Oreos in there. Or something. Oh, okay. Like, okay, all right. Okay. I don't even know why I said cheesecake. That's just, uh, maybe I want Cheesecake Factory later, but. <laughs> It might. I might probably just go like a brownie Sunday. So I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why I said cheesecake. Cheesecake is like the cheesecake factory is good. People, I think people yeah. sleep on how good that place you really is. You probably get like a like a peanut butter Oreo slice of cheesecake from there. Or you get, or you get an Oreo and then you get another slice of peanut butter and then a banana one. And you make it all. Your yeah, there you, you go. Great. You just get three of them. Genius. Yeah, and you just roll with that. Yeah, I, I think I'm you, just fine. With you that. could go to the cheesecake factory for 35 days straight, maybe more, and get something different. Every day, I think so. That yeah. menu yeah. is the Bible. Yeah. It is so long, and it's all like we don't need to get into this, but yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a cheesecake ad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, um, Aaron, thank you so much for for taking the time to join us today. Uh, you guys got a big year coming up, so mm -hmm. so best of luck moving forward. Yeah. Best thanks, of luck, Aaron. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much to Aaron Falzone for joining us here in episode number 40 of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast. That's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening. Go online to GoBobcats.com for everything you may need from Bobcats Nation. You can get your tickets, your stats, your rosters, your merch, whatever you can think of. You can also find this podcast there. It is GoBobcats.com. And make sure you follow our men's basketball accounts as well. That is at QU underscore MBB on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to follow Quinnipiac Athletics for updates on all 21 sports, that is at QU Athletics. And make sure while you're doing that, you throw us a subscription and a review. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. We'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe and rate our podcast. It helps us grow. It shows us what we need to be doing better, and it really helps us out. And Matt McAuliffe, if we want to follow you to get all of the inside scoops on your life. How can we? Another episode, but I didn't change my social handles. It's at Emma Call of Seven. And I'm at Dan Ball, B-A-H-L. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.
The theme song of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast is Wire and Flashing Lights by Professor Click. 